Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to SoCal Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Give me a call today to join the conversation, 888-LA-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You know, let me start out by pointing something out, something I'm, I'm happy about, something I'm proud about. For our little program and our uh, our audience here is today, today will be the first time that we have made any mention at all of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. No mention of it till now. I'm so happy about that. I can't even tell you. In fact, even when we do open line Fridays, nobody, you can call in and say whatever you want. Nobody called in about that. I was nervous about that last couple of Fridays. I thought, because I'm not watching it, because I'm hardly paying attention. It's just sad to me. The whole thing is sad. And you didn't call. And maybe it's not as, maybe people aren't paying attention or maybe it's just sad to you. I think it probably is, but it's uh, all over the news, right? We, we're going to talk about a few things today, get caught up on Ukraine and uh, some other things, but we definitely want to talk about, uh, what I want to talk about with this is it's all over the news. We'll talk about it for a second, but I really want to talk about kindness because so much of what is coming out in this this show, which is something that's been on cable news, it's on TV, and we're watching what well, is not a movie, it's movie stars, but it isn't a movie. It's real life. It's two people who were married who have done awful things to each other. So we'll, we'll, we need to talk about kindness and lift it up. And that's how there's going to be healing, even healing for these two people who we should care about. We should care about them and their families and what all of this means. And they aired out all their stuff. I mean, would you like the worst things you've ever said to be just publicized all around the world? I mean, maybe you do. That's what we do in our social media, right? We, we seem like on social media or in comments, we just lay it down. You know, we say the worst things about people or politicians or other, even we do this in, uh, in Christian circles. We'll talk about that here in a little bit where even Christians are going after each other, uh, criticizing each other for being kind in some respect. 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation and if you want to talk about the trial or you want to talk about maybe what you're learning from it. And we're going to talk about kindness here in a minute. 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. You probably heard, if you are paying attention to the TV news or the radio news today, that the verdict came in in this trial. We're not really going to talk about the trial, but I'll give you the, the verdicts here. I think nobody actually won. I think we all lost. I think both of these two individuals, at the end of the day, I think they lost. And that's where kindness matters. Here's the verdict. Here's clip number one. There's a there's two lawsuits, okay? Johnny Depp is suing his ex-wife, Amber Heard, um, for defamation, and she is countersuing for the same. This is how it came down. Play clip one. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven by clear and convincing evidence that Ms. Heard acted with actual malice? Answer, yes. As against Amber Heard, we, the jury, award compensatory damages in the amount of $10 million. As against Amber Heard, we, the jury, award punitive damages in the amount of $5 million. So the jury believed that um, statements that she made in an op-ed in the Washington Post a couple of years ago were defamatory against her ex-husband, Johnny Depp, accusing him of abuse and a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, and uh, they awarded him $15 million. I believe he was suing for $100 million, 
in these kinds of things, people throw down huge numbers because it's kind of sensational and it allows for, you know, much bigger, you know, uh, judgment if that's possible. $15 million, that's not very much for Johnny Depp. But she countersued and said, no, you've defamed me. And this is what the jury said about that. Clip two, please. As against John C. Depp II, we, the jury, award compensatory damages in the amount of $2 million. As against John C. Depp II, we, the jury, award punitive damages in the amount of $0. All right, so uh, let's do the math here. Uh, he wins $15 million, and uh, she wins two, subtract, carry the one. So a net gain of $13 million, which is nothing for Johnny Depp. A lot for you and me. Uh, still wouldn't be worth it to go through all of this stuff. You know, there's so many lessons here, so many different things. But I think one of the things that we have to recognize, something that might be good for us to keep in mind, is that kindness matters. It matters in life. This That amount of money, maybe that sounds like, oh, good for him. That's nothing. And he came out and said, I feel vindicated in these years of my life and blah, blah, blah. And she came out and, and uh, felt like it was a bad day for uh, women and lots of stuff. But I think that what happened is the jury found both of them to be un- incredibly unkind. And when it comes down to sitting on a jury, you have to say, well, did they prove this claim? And if you sat through the whole reading of, of all the different charges, there was a whole bunch of different things. Uh, this was said, do you find this to be defamatory? Yes. This was said, do you, do you find this to be defamatory? No. And they had to go through all these different questions about different statements. Uh, most were yes for uh, on Johnny Depp's side. Most were no uh, on the uh, for the um, accusations against uh, Johnny Depp. Or about uh, half were no. You know Proverbs eleven seventeen. There's a lot in the Bible about kindness. Kindness, by the way, is a fruit of the spirit, and I think that's important for us to recognize that kindness is number one for the believer. It's not an option. It's something that we need to be developing. It's it is crucial. In in fact, in the way the Holy Spirit is going to work with the believer, an area that we will be growing in is kindness. And some of us have a long way to go with that. Some of us are just extra kind, just incredibly kind. Some of us, we just struggle with that, but the Holy Spirit's going to work with you. Proverbs eleven seventeen: a man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. And I think that that is true. When you think about things going on in our culture, Sometimes when you see people being unkind or cruel, maybe they're able to have temporary gain. They make a point. Something happens. But over time, they hurt themselves. When politicians are incredibly cruel, they might draw an audience for a while and get some headlines, but eventually people get sick of it. And it's because kindness is something that heals. Kindness heals. It brings us together. Kindness brings people together. In fact, if you are in a relationship at work or in your marriage or with your kids or just with a friend with somebody, you know, kindness is something that helps heal that. And kindness is hard sometimes because sometimes you just want to blast people and maybe they deserve it. Maybe you're right. But you know, one of the ways that you deal with people who are mean, people who are unkind is kindness back. Now we'll get to this in a minute. Some people feel a little cringe with that. They feel like being kind is somehow not holding on to your moral positions. They think that somehow being kind means that I am giving something up to uh, the enemy, that I'm giving something up to the bad guy. That's not real kindness, okay? That's not loving kindness. And that's a, some, a place where we need to differentiate. 
you know, we have these court cases and we have accusations today. One of the, one of the things that's really important, and this is kindness. Here's a way that we can all practice kindness. This will help us in this world today where there is so much judgment that is immediate because of every time somebody's accused of something, every time something happens on the news, there is so much judgment. And then there's a social media hashtag. And all these people say, oh, that happened to me, or oh, this happened to me, or oh, this person's guilty, this person's bad. You know, sometimes that turns out to be true, but but stories change over time. You know, the Bible actually instructs us to not rush to judgment. It's unkind to rush to judgment. And when we do, we make a fool out of ourselves so much of the time. Proverbs 25, verse 7, the end of verse 7 says, What have you seen with your eyes? Do not bring hastily to court. What you have seen with your eyes, do not bring hastily to court. For what you will do in the end, what will you do in the end if your neighbor puts you to shame? If you take your neighbor to court, do not betray another's confidence, or the one who hears it may shame you, and the charge against you will stand. So this came to mind when I, and like I said, I didn't pay much attention to this this trial, and maybe you didn't really either. I think maybe that's why we didn't have calls. I'm glad uh, about that. That doesn't mean on Open Line Friday you can't call me. We'll talk about whatever. And I know it's out there in the ether, and it's what people are talking about, and there's so much conversation. And I've heard some other talk shows talk about it, and they're taking sides, right? People take Johnny Depp's side, or they take Amber Heard's side. And part of what has happened here is we're, I don't think either one of these people are going to be seen as somehow better in anybody's eyes. And there is this whole thing, this whole idea of when we go to court, when we go to court for anything, when it's in these areas of slander or libel, um, a lot of stuff is going to get aired. I would, I would have hoped, and maybe this did happen, that either one of their attorneys, but I think Johnny Depp's the one who uh, initiated this, that his attorney would have at least said, hey, we can do this, but you need to know that all of your texts are going to become public record." Everything you've ever said, everything you've ever texted her, everything you've texted your buddies, everything that you have put out there, it's going to become public record. And we live in a time where anything you put out there and digitally, it's permanent, right? It just is. It's, it's there forever. Your great-grandkids are going to find it on Ancestry.com or whatever we have back you know, when that day happens because it's going to be permanent. That's the digital age we live in. And the Bible tells us to be careful to not bring hastily to court. Paul in 1 Corinthians tells us to not take things to court. He says for Christian people, and I know this doesn't apply in this case here, but Christian people need to be resolving their differences amongst the church. Aren't we able to resolve our differences together without going to the secular court to tell us how to behave? Aren't, shouldn't we be able to bring, keep things here without threatening each other in lawsuits in the secular court? But we're really quick to do that, aren't we? We make judgments. We make judgments very, very quickly. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And uh, give me a call if you have a story about kindness, a way that kindness actually maybe helped you, where you made it through a difficult situation because you decided to be kind. Uh, this works a lot. I tell people, if you're having marital problems or problems with your your relationships. You know, one of the things that you can do to get through it is just be kind. Even though it's really hard, you, you say kind things. That's what you do. It, it, even if you, you almost don't mean it, like you're not being dishonest, but you're just being kind. You might look at your spouse and say, you look nice today, honey. 
and you can barely get it out and you're gritting your teeth to get it out because somewhere after that in your mind is a but. I don't like the way you treated me. I don't like the way you did this. I don't like the way you did this. I don't like you. If you are struggling relationally in the workplace with your relationships anywhere, saying kind things and just leaving it there, it's not it's not failing to address the difficult things. There's a time for that. But you also just have to take a moment to be kind. And you know what happens is when people in a relationship take the moment to be kind and they resist the urge to be mean or to put people down, to tear them down, to gossip, to slander them. When we see the humanity in this other person, even if we think they're an idiot, and maybe we're right, maybe they are an idiot, but uh, sometimes we find out that we're actually the idiot, which is another reason not to rush to judgment. When we are kind to other people, it helps set the mood. It helps break down the barriers. And this is why it is a fruit of the Spirit. Right? This is why this is something that Jesus calls us to be as kind. You ever go to a Chick-fil-A? You know why Chick-fil-A is so successful? It's not just because of a fantastic chicken sandwich. And they also have those salads, which aren't bad for fast food salads. You ever get the, uh, the Chick-fil-A Cobb salad? You can get different dressings and other stuff on it. I like it. It's pretty good. And uh, even though it costs like 40 bucks now because of inflation or something, I don't know how much it is. Everything's going up. But Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays. You'd think with uh, one-seventh of the operating time of other places, it wouldn't be able to compete, but it does. And what happens at Chick-fil-A? They train their staff to be kind, to say kind things, to keep their cool when customers are being rude. And what happens when you say thank you? They say, my pleasure. Who says that today? My pleasure. Well, they say it at Chick-fil-A every time. They say, my pleasure. You go through the drive-thru and you're like, yeah, I'll have my, my nuggets. And they'll say, and you say, thank you. And they say, my pleasure. I'll have a vanilla iced coffee. And they'll say, my pleasure. And I'll complain because they used to have a large vanilla iced coffee. Now they only have one size vanilla iced coffee and they went with a small one. And I'll say, how come you don't have the large one anymore? And then they say, well, there was just some reason. And they say it with a smile on their face. And, you know, and I'm, I want my large vanilla iced coffee. And they're so nice about it. You know what I've discovered? And, in, you know, in California, Chick-fil-A, you know, it's prolific now. But it was brand new just a few years ago. And so and it's still pretty new for California. It comes into neighborhoods. And what I've noticed is that once Chick-fil-A is there for a while, if you decide to drive through the Taco Bell or the Del Taco or you drive through, you know, all these other places. There's like a million fast food restaurants. Do I need to name them all? You know, um, you start to hear some of those people start to say, my pleasure. They've never said my pleasure. I've been to a couple of places where uh, you say thank you and they don't even say you're welcome. And then you say, are you going to say you're welcome? Or are you going to say thank you? And they say, no, it's on the bottom of your receipt. And you're like, oh, you're right, right on the bottom of my receipt. It says, thank you for your business. I guess that's all you need to do. And that's kind of the feeling in a lot of places today. Then Chick-fil-A comes to town and everybody is nice. And they play worship music over the PA. Have you noticed that? You go to Chick-fil-A, I mean, it's a Christian, uh, Christian-based company and they play the worship music and, and uh, you know, you hear that and if you, uh, they're closed on Sundays. I mean, otherwise it would probably be church. You could go in there and just sing along. You know, it's kind of your your... 90s favorites in the Muzak now, but, uh, you know, you probably remember singing, uh, I love you, Lord. Well, that's playing. Right? It's just an environment that is so much better. And I'm, I'm telling you this because kindness is something that can be done. 
that you can use kindness to change the environment of your home. You can use kindness to change the environment of your workplace. And in the politics of the world, let me tell you something. Kindness is something that we need. We need people who speak the truth and who speak boldly. So don't misunderstand. You have to speak boldly. You have to speak very kind, very truthfully. You know, we need to be able to do this. And it's hard today because, you know, I use the word crazy too often. And there's stuff today that's just crazy. You know, the gender stuff, it's nuts. And it makes no sense at all. None whatsoever. The whole idea that in a couple of weeks we're going to have the abortion conversation again whenever the Supreme Court officially rules on that subject. And in the midst of that, there's this whole weird thing about men having abortions. It makes no sense. It's nuts. And it's going to inflame people. People are going to be mad. However the court comes down on that, people are going to be mad. And I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be mad if they don't do what we we saw them do on this other side because I think there's a clear legal case for doing that. And I, I'm, I think that abortion is wrong. I think there's reasons to be angry. But if we go out there and we're just mean and nasty and we demean the other side of the argument, then nobody's going to listen to the good argument that we're going to make. They're just going to listen to the mean stuff. And if we say mean stuff on our Twitter and if we say mean stuff on our Facebook and we, we post mean things on our Instagram or whatever it is, that's the stuff that's going to be retweeted and they're going to say, oh, look, you're a mean person. And they're going to ignore the very good argument that you might have. They're going to ignore the conversation that we need to have. We need to have conversation about what happened in Uvalde. But there's a lot of meanness out there, isn't there? A lot of politics, a lot of meanness, and not really getting into it. Speaking of uh, rushing to judgment, you know, there's, there's new revelations every day in what happened there. There's some poor teacher who apparently left a door open, right? And that story, though, has evolved, where at one point the teacher, the door is just open, and somebody propped it open to get some air or something. I heard that the teacher went outside to have a smoke. I've heard that the teacher went out to get her cell phone from the car, left the door open, and that's how the gunman got in. Today what they're saying is that, no, the teacher actually came back in and closed the door. It just didn't latch. And so the gunman was able to open it. Do you ever have doors like that that don't latch up? I've got doors like that. It drives me crazy. And you have to really make sure that you're there to do it. But see, that it changes, doesn't it? And that teacher, whoever it is, has been harshly criticized for leaving the door open. And in this case, well, maybe she did shut it. It just didn't latch. And maybe she should have checked it. But it changes it, doesn't it? It changes the way we might feel about that. That's why we need to wait. When people are accused of sexual assault or they're accused of racism or they're accused, you know, we see this all the time with um, different subjects. You have to wait and see. And you have to withhold judgment. It's, it's not kind because sometimes people are completely maligned in the news and you wouldn't want to be this person. And this happens just in our personal life, right? This is why gossip is bad, is that you listen to gossip. You, and gossip is inherently unkind. You listen to gossip, not from a stranger. When some stranger tells you something bad about a friend of yours, you take it or leave it, you probably don't care. But when a friend of yours tells you something bad about somebody you know, a coworker says, hey, did you know about Jimmy and this and that? You usually don't even question it. You just believe it. Well, what if that person is lying? Or what if that person just heard a story that wasn't at all true and suddenly you've developed a bad opinion about somebody that you may never share with them because you wouldn't share that with them. You're not even supposed to know. See, it's decidedly unkind to gossip. It's decidedly unkind to rush the judgment. So-and-so did what? Well, how do you know? 
That's why we have courts. That's why we have juries. And that's why as human beings together and as Christians, we don't rush to judgment and we stay kind. The number here, this is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. I want to ask the question, what are some ways that we can be more kind in our culture? And maybe that has to do with our politics. Can we be more kind? And where is the, the point where it goes too far? There's a lot of argument right now, even in Christian world, about are we not, are, is, is there a time to stop being kind? Is civility something that is good or is civility something that is not good? And this is something I think we need to flush out because it's concerning. It's concerning that when a fruit of the Spirit is kindness, when there are so many commands to being kind, that we have some people who are saying that kindness maybe is bad, that the time for kindness is over. Maybe that's not what people mean. I think there's some, there's some nuance to it, right? Because to some people, kindness is, well, I'm just going to give up my position because I want to be liked or I'm going to... Uh, appease this other side of the argument because I don't want them to hate me and I don't want to, that's different. Are we able to make a point in our world today and remain kind, especially about the gospel, especially about who we are in Christ? 888-528-2557 is the number. You can also email me your thoughts, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm Scott Furrow. This is the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you on this fine Wednesday afternoon, June 1st. Unbelievable. Everybody says that. <laughs> you know, if you turn on every show today, it's unbelievable. It's already June 1st. Unbelievable. It seems like time just is flying by. Are we, are we more likely to say unbelievable this June 1st because we lost track of time during the pandemic shutdowns? Or is that something we've always done? Or is it just something you say more often? When you start to get older and time just starts to fly by all of a sudden. I mean, I remember, remember summertime when you're a little kid, it just seemed like you had plenty of time for, for summer and it just seems to fly by all the time now. Anyway, 888-528-2557 is the phone number for Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, 888-528-2557. We're talking about kindness and I really want to ask this question here. Does our politics need to be more kind? And I'm asking it because in the era of Donald Trump and mean tweets, in the era of accusations kind of from both sides that are pretty cruel, right? The other side is just going to destroy America. That's what we're going to hear all year now in the election year. If you vote for my opponent, that is the end of democracy. <laughs> I, it, that's it. Democracy is over. And what makes me laugh is sometimes that's like local election, right? If you elect this guy as dog catcher, my opponent, that's the end of democracy right there. That's it. Uh, we can't have some kind of fascist or communist dog catcher uh, running around out there. We've got pretty mean. We're, and it's, it's all sides, right? I think uh, some of the things that Donald Trump says with the flamboyance get a lot more attention. Um, but it's, it's pretty mean when you decide that whole groups of people are just bad because of some other group of people. When you say, and this is old politics. This happens all the time. In fact, if you, if you're worried about our politics, and I am, I am concerned about it. Mostly I'm concerned about the division that we have in the country. The meanness is kind of always there. And there have been mean, mean presidential elections in the past. Super mean, like in the distant past. 
all right, in John Quincy Adams and Adam and Andrew Jackson, it was nasty. I mean, they accused each other of all kinds of terrible things. Most of what Adams said was probably true about Andrew Jackson, and most of what Andrew Jackson said was probably not true. But uh, it was it was pretty terrible. So we've we've seen that before, and that was a long time ago, obviously. My concern, though, is how do we as Christians speak boldly in a culture that is not on our side? I'm not sure how much on our side it has always been, but it seems like it used to be that the schools probably were on the side of the parent and at least speaking morals in a way that was consistent generally with what Jesus teaches. I mean, certainly we had teachings through the Bible. We had the golden rule and lots of other teachings that you could say in school. And now we seem to have teacher versus parent or parent versus teacher. If you talk to a lot of teachers out there, that's one of their struggles too, is you know, all the controversial issues aside, sometimes the teachers are just fighting with parents because the kid can't read and the parent says your kid can't read and the parent gets mad at the teacher, where it used to be that the parent would come alongside the teacher and says, well, how do we help him read? And that has changed a lot and it becomes mean. It just gets pretty nasty. In our politics, maybe you've heard of the writer David French. He draws a lot of hostility from uh, mostly people on the right because he was never in favor of Donald Trump. He would be called a, a never-Trumper. And he calls uh, the rationalization from the Christian the excuse to justify um, mean behavior and the walking away from wanting leaders with impeccable character. Everybody's flawed, right? Every leader's uh, flawed. But we do seem to, and I'm and I'm going to say left and right. You know, I got lots of questions about uh, President Biden and uh, most uh, lots of other leaders and and uh, different things. I think we the media is going to focus one direction. I think there's a lot of character questions. There's a lot of questions about human rights that we don't ask anymore. There's just a whole lot of things where we've changed. It used to be that character mattered. It used to be that people, and Christians in particular, would not line up behind anybody who wasn't uh, at least a kind person. Um, maybe they weren't always you know, right. Um, we used to be able to say, I'd say on both sides too, be able to criticize our own. And I think that matters. It matters to be able to say, I support this person, but I don't support this thing that they did. Or I support this person, but this behavior is wrong. I think we've we've left that where I support this person and somehow we defend a behavior that we would never defend if it were somebody else. Marital affairs, um, comments that come out of mouth. I mean, it, if it was the other side, you always have to ask yourself, would I feel the same way if the other side did this? Would I say exactly the same thing? It's a great political integrity check. And one of the weird conversations that's happening now is sort of attacks on civility or attacks on kindness. And some people believe, maybe you believe, and we can hear your, your thoughts about this, that the time for civility is over. And I've heard this on the left and right, 888-528-2557. If you want to join in on this conversation, 888-528-2557. Is civility somehow or kindness in the world of, of politics or just in the world of even our conversations with each other? If you are civil, does that mean that you are surrendering your deep convictions? is somehow being civil, uh, implying that you don't really, uh, that you are somehow timid or afraid in the face of opposition. 
See, I think if we're afraid in the face of opposition uh, and we're, we're leveraging kindness to say, well, this is why I didn't say that, you know, that maybe that's not kindness. Maybe that's not civil. There needs to be a way that we make a point that what lots of people will say is that we need to attack positions and not people. Is, have we gone too far in the Christian world, even amongst each other? Do we attack each other? There's a lot of attack going on about Christian leaders who just have different opinions about the, the politics or how to express, even if they agree on general politics. Uh, there's attacks on uh, famous pastor Tim Keller, famous pastors um, who say one thing or the other. Lots of churches found a lot of growth during the pandemic when the pastor decided to uh, rail against um, personally uh, the governor of a state or some politician. There's a difference between speaking out against things that went wrong. You know, we should be, I think, concerned uh, as citizens that the government shut us down so quickly. So the next time there's some kind of pandemic, we really need to ask a lot of questions, and we're going to have to show up um, and do that. I think that's okay. But once again, when we start attacking the person, it goes too far. We should be able to defend our liberty in a kind way. Paul did that. Paul does that when he appeals to his Roman citizenship. It is completely okay and not unkind or not uncivil to want to speak out for your liberty, to defend the liberty that you have. That is okay. That is really good. It is not uncivil to say, no, I have rights here. I have constitutional rights. We should do that. We And that's okay to do that biblically. What I think gets to be unbiblically is we say, I have constitutional rights and uh, start name-calling the people who are trying to take those rights away. Do you see the difference? Jesus uh, threw all of the money changers out of the temple, but he didn't go in there and uh, injure people. He took time. He controlled his anger. He took enough time to make a whip, and then he went in there and he turned over the tables and chased them out of there. But he did that because he loved them, because it was a house of prayer, and they were defiling it with what they were doing. They were full of sin. And he chased him out of his house. He, he lives there. It's Jesus' house. And he did that. Kindness is something that when you look at Scripture, you see it um, everywhere. Are we a kind people or have we lost that? I'm concerned that we have lost the ability to be kind and bold at the same time. The Scriptures say that when we are wise, Proverbs thirty-one twenty-six. When wisdom opens her mouth, the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. We need to be wise and we need to be out there, but we need to be kind. Uh, it matters the way we speak to one another. First Peter 3, 9, do not repay evil for evil or reviling or uh, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for this is how you are called, that you may obtain a blessing. It's hard. It's hard to bless those who are persecuting us. It is very hard to remember the humanity of this other person who has irritated us or harmed us or caused us great difficulty. But this is something that we must do. I would say that as we come up to the election here, in your conversations, try to be kind. Take some time to compliment the other person, but then don't be afraid to attack the system of belief if it is wrong or if it is sin, uh, sinful. For example, on the gender issues, we have to stand up for the fact that there are men and women. There is so much harm 
going on at all levels in this conversation. Uh, but we have to love the people, meaning that I don't have to agree with Leah Thomas and the decision that this person is making to become a woman. I don't have to agree with it scientifically because it's not right. I think what's happening to women's sports is bad. And I think what is happening to our kids is bad and, and how we discuss all of those things. But I also need to be worried about Leah Thomas. Where, where is her mind? Where is her soul? Do we actually care about a person's place before Christ? Do we actually care about a person's salvation who might be on the other side of an argument? Do we care about the salvation of somebody who is in a, a, a completely different worldview than what we have? See, this is why kindness matters. This is why it's a fruit of the Spirit, because this is the concern of Jesus Christ. He's concerned about souls. He's much less concerned about the opinions of different things right and left as he is about souls. See, when we are right with Christ, then the Spirit of God starts to change our opinions about different things on the right and left. And the reason isn't because we have to have 100% the same opinion. The reason is because we need to be thinking of human beings. We need to be thinking of their souls. And this is why kindness matters. When we are kind, we we keep relationships even if we strongly disagree. When we are kind, we are able to still come to the table for discussion, even when we are profoundly on a different page. My friends, it matters that we are kind. So as you think about this, elections coming up, we're going to talk about those things more and more often. Be kind to each other. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. The number is 888 888- Five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. We're talking about kindness, the need for civility and kindness from Christians in particular, but also to differentiate that kindness in this way doesn't mean that we aren't bold, that we don't boldly speak the truth, but it's in the way that we do that. And uh, we find it to be something that's very effective when we are kind and less effective when we are not. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Anna from Alhambra. Welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing today, Anna? Hi, I'm well, thank you. What are your thoughts about kindness? So, uh, this is a discussion that I was having with a friend this afternoon, as a matter of fact. And it's kind of odd that you're speaking about this. Yeah? Because some of my views have changed uh, during the pandemic because I saw so much unkindness. Um mm. I live in an area code where kindness is not exercised that often. Um, kindness is considered, and this area code that I live in, kindness is considered a little bit like um, something different. When I came to this area code almost seven, year, seven years ago, I was different. I was absolutely kind. And I have changed ever since because my kindness, they began to take it for granted. 
Mm. My generosity, they began to take it for granted. So now, after the pandemic or during the pandemic, we still are in the pandemic. I have to, uh, like, strategize a little bit different. I'm still kind, but I'm reserved. Mm. Well, give me an example of what you mean. So somebody is... uh, Go ahead. Okay. I'm reserved because I'm not, I'm no longer, you're very joyful, very high in this when I came on over here. I'm no longer that person. Hmm. And this happened when you... much kindness that I witnessed. Yeah. Um, boldness. You have spoken about boldness. People don't like boldness. People don't like to hear the truth. They... Yeah. They rather you tell them a lie than you tell them the truth. Mm. And I will be lying to them if I told if I didn't tell them the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Which is so precious to me. Uh, more than gold, more than precious stones, more than silver, more than the, any kind of uh, precious metal. The word of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is absolutely precious to me. I cannot put a price on it. And for me to deny another human being that gift, that would be cruelty, in my opinion. And yeah. so a lot of times lately, particularly, um, people have been insulted because I told them the truth about Jesus Christ. Yeah. With a lot of kindness, but nonetheless, the truth. I spoke to them about hell, and a lot of people do not believe in hell. But it's my responsibility because the Bible has spoke about hell more than they spoke about heaven, as a matter of fact. Because I have, I have studied the Word of God time and again and again and again from Genesis to Revelations. And it is my responsibility to share this good news with anyone that has an ear to hear because that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ tells me to do. It's not only the responsibility of our pastors. It's yeah. a matter of fact that we are more responsible. I am a missionary. I'm on a mission. And I'm yes. an evangelist. I'm evangelizing everywhere I go. It's my responsibility. And it's a responsibility that I take it so absolutely serious. Yeah. Because in your discussion that you... In your discussion that you had with a friend today, were they disagreeing with uh, your approach? Your idea about kindness? A little bit, because she's overly kindness, but then she's noticing also a lot of negative response, uh, a lot of gossiping going on, a lot mm. of speaking at a turn, and things of that nature. And I said, my, my friend, maybe you need to pray to the Lord, and I'm going to be praying along with you that also your strategy changes, because sometimes... It's not necessarily that you become unkind, but sometimes it's a need for your strategy to change. That's yeah. it. You know, the scripture, uh, I appreciate your call, Anna. Thank you for, for calling. And when you put it in the context there of evangelism and kindness, it does matter. Um, Ephesians chapter four twenty five. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all Absolutely. members of one body. And kindness speaks the truth. I think that's something that we have to make sure is very clear. And I thank you for your call, Anna. Thank you. Um, 
Kindness speaks the truth. Liars are not kind people, right? They're self-serving people. That's why we teach our kids not to lie. My kids are in far more trouble if they lie about something. That That's where they get in a lot of trouble. You know, if we say, don't do this, and then uh, we catch them doing it, and then they say, you know, my kids will do that sometimes. They'll, I'll say, were you on your computer? You weren't supposed to be on there? And they'll say, no, but I saw the screen was up, and they were on their computer. I know they're lying to me. That's far worse than the disobedience, uh, the lie. And my kids who are probably listening have come to know this. And uh, it really matters. One time my son, when he was really young, James, he asked me, will I be in more trouble if I don't tell the truth? I said, yes. Uh, Kindness requires us to be truth tellers, even if the truth gets us in some kind of trouble. All right. So that matters. And I appreciate uh, your call. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, we're talking about kindness. Here's the the thing about kindness. Kindness also, it's something that we can do that's intentional, that we need to do. You know, kindness is not simply a disposition. We need to be kind. We're not kind when we are not sharing the truth, even though maybe people will be hostile to us back. That happens sometimes. But ultimately, what kindness does is it gives an oasis. There's a certain kind of peace and rest when we are around kind people, when even people that we disagree with, when they are kind, and I don't mean kind because they don't speak the truth or because they hide or because they are just looking to curry favor with us so they don't say what they think. I'm talking about just a person who is kind in a spiritual way. When somebody is kind to us, it gives us the opportunity to be kind to others. Ephesians um, uh, 4.29 tells us, uh, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That's true on any level, any level that you look at with kindness. It's productive. Unwholesome talk creates distracting controversy. You you ever have somebody cuss you out about something? Maybe you deserve it. But I've done things where, you know, maybe I've cut people off in the freeway. Have you done this before? This is why I don't put a little fish on the back of my car. And I have had people just cuss me out. And they had a right to be angry because I didn't, you know, I didn't see them back there. Um, But they lose the high ground when they do that. When somebody's having road rage, maybe they got cut off. Maybe they are the offended one. But when they go crazy, they lose the high ground. And so do we. They become mean, uh, which is mean. It means average, okay, at the same level. Whenever people have legitimate, we we started this conversation uh, in the last segment talking about our political discourse. When the tone of voice that we use becomes the issue, it distracts from whatever the most important thing is we're trying to say. Unwholesome talk creates distracting controversy, So when you go to the school board meeting and you are rightfully calling them out for um, sexual curriculum being taught to little kids or things that are uh, untrue being taught to to kids uh, in those moral areas, uh, you have a right and you should do that. We should be marching uh, against a lot of what school districts are doing. But when somebody gets up there and in the name of everybody else just cusses out the school board or threatens them or threatens their family or goes to their house and does it, like people, uh, even people going to the Supreme Court justice's house or going to school board members' house, it changes the conversation, doesn't it? The conversation is no longer about the issue that's being brought to the school board's attention. 
the conversation, what gets on the news is the meanness of the person who is bringing the conversation. We have to be wise. And I'm saying this because I think that the time is coming. Time is here now. The time is here now for us to speak out that it's more than voting. You need to mark your ballot and get it in the mail. And you need to look up those people you're voting for so that you know that you're really voting for somebody and not just, you know, voting to get it done, but you're really doing it. But beyond that, there's going, we're at a time when we have to speak out and it has to be strategic. It has to be strategic. It has to be truthful, but it still has to be kind. And that is very hard, but it's necessary or we will lose the argument. Unkindness makes people want to leave and not listen to you, but kindness helps people stay at the table. It grieves the Holy Spirit spiritually when we tear other people down because the Holy Spirit, God is concerned about the souls of those school board members, the souls of those politicians, the souls of those people who disagree with you politically. And so we need to make sure, Ephesians says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ forgave you. It matters because when we're kind, we bear fruit. Bearing fruit means that we're making a difference. Bearing fruit means that our kindness, along with all the other fruit of the Spirit, actually impacts the world. See, hope is built on this. Hope is built on the idea that things can get better, that through Christ we have salvation, we have everlasting life, we also have a role to play. We also are the salt and light. We're salt and light when we're kind. We're salt and light when we when we give the fruit of the Spirit in our world today. Um, it matters greatly. So if you're thinking about that, I think we'll have that conversation uh, more and more often. There's got to be kindness in the way we relate to each other. It matters. Uh, and it matters for our, our testimony in Christ. It matters for every little thing that we really feel like needs to be done to make things better. Kindness matters. All right, when we get back in the next hour, we'll talk about Ukraine a little bit. I'm interested to know what you think about our involvement in Ukraine, sending money, sending weapons. And I just want to update you on the suffering, too, that's going on over there. There's been a a change in course, and uh, the Russians are are, um, a little more successful, I should say. I'm not sure that they're successful in a big picture, but they're successful. And what should we be thinking about that? How do we pray about that? We'll talk about that when we get back. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. For your Wednesday edition of SoCal Live, we'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned.